For those of you who don't know, at Ohadi, and it's a real shame. Um, it's a real shame that, um, in a way, it's my fault because um, now that now that we started having Ohad teach here last week. All beginnings are difficult. But that was the first time that we, we had Oha teaching here officially for Kabbalah. He taught once before. We had a group gathering that we, some people brought, but this was the first kind of time that we publicized it in the community. And um, it, we didn't do it justice. But next time, God willing, when Ohad is in town, we're going to let everybody know and we'll arrange for an evening with Ohad. Ohad is a... I've known Ohad since 2000 and... I think 2007, in London. We met at Limud. Um, I was a teacher of mine. He's a mentor and uh, a friend and, um, and a very, very... Um, a very wise person, meaning that he's lived a lot of life. And his wisdom isn't only from books, which he knows better than almost anybody I know, but it's from life, the, the great book. And um, anyway, he doesn't like uh, bullshit, so I'm not going to do any bullshit. But um, but I'm not. It's not bullshit. He he's a he's a he's a very uh, honest and real person, which is I think the, I think he would appreciate that as the highest compliment. Is that he's a very real person, and the Kabbalah that he teaches is real Kabbalah. It's not uh, book Kabbalah, although he can do that very well. But he teaches from the heart, and I just want to tell him that. Before you came during the during the the, the soul spa when we were when we were when we were praying, um, we started talking at the end about the power of the word chol and the word like chalon and like the window of lahadikner Chanukah mm-hmm. and the beauty of that making sand into glass into a mirror mm-hmm. transparent and that the transparent mind can. You know, meditation and honesty can help by the Windex mm-hmm. for cleaning the smudges on the on the mind. Mm-hmm. And it got into a very, it got into a beautiful conversation about um, real connection versus entertainment, which was the last thing that we were doing. Which was, someone said something last week that really moved me. He said that in our culture, when we're hungry for connection, we satisfy ourselves with the empty calories of entertainment. God bless you. So I think that was it, but you're free as you always are, free to be wherever you are. Um, so Oz is here to share some of his uh, thoughts and feelings. And those who missed it last week, Max taped it, so you can listen to last week's uh, shows. Yeah, who was here? Thank you. Who was here last week? So if you <clears throat> start
started from Chol and Chalon, this gate in the Hebrew language, uh, there are gates, She'arim. Um, that's how the, Kabbalistically the language is being built on those gates that are always a combination of two, two letters. In this case, Chet and Lamed. Chol. And, and on, the, on this gate can be other letters that are coming from before the, the gate, after, and create different, uh, different words. But this is how it's called in Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Creation, which is the um, most ancient uh, mystical book, even not so clear to call it Kabbalistic book, um, because the word Kabbalah appears only... 12th, 13th century in, in Jewish thought. And the book of Yetzirah, which is definitely the earliest book in this tradition, um, according to scholars, was written in the first century. Between the first century BC, yeah, right? Before computers? Mm -hmm. yeah. Before computers. Uh, and, and the first century. AD, how do you call it? After. In those, it's not clear exactly when, but um, in, in, in academy, but definitely from those days. Um, so it's kind of the earliest book, and the uniqueness about it is, is that big part of this book is based on the language. It's actually kind of a grammar book. The, the first and most ancient grammar book of the Hebrew, la Hebrew language, which is relating to it as a language that is a creative language. So like, you know, God spoke and created the word, the world. In English, it's nice, word and world. Um, so the letters are powers that can create. Um, and those letters, the 22 letters of the alphabet, are, if you put them, it's very simple. If you write them from Aleph to Taf, 22, and then from Taf to Aleph, backwards, and you allow each letter to combine with each other letter, right? So it can be Aleph with Aleph, Aleph with Bet, all the combination, all the possible combinations. Aleph with Aleph, Aleph with Bet, Aleph with Gimel, Aleph with Dalet, and so forth, it will give uh, 231 um, gates that each of them can be backward, forward, and backward. So that's that's kind of the, the, the structure of the of the language, of the Hebrew language. And the idea is that every combination of two letters is actually uh, holding some kind of an of an energy that is unique to it. And all the words, all the words that are coming from this combination are somehow mystically connected. So as you spoke before about Chol and Chalon, Chol Send, but also um, Mundane, the not, the not Sacred is also Chol, like Kodesh and Chol. And Chalon is related to as, as a window and glass, so you take that kind of the alchemy of taking the the dense hole and making it 
into trans into transparent. But this gate, this specific gate of Chet and Lamed, actually holds a lot of beautiful, amazing connections in it. Um, if we go a little into that, um, the first one, which is very important, is Halal. Anyone knows what is Halal? Halal in Hebrew is... Kosher meat for the Muslims, oh, yeah. right? Ah, for the Muslims, it's kosher meat, yeah, yeah, but, which is important also. But in Hebrew, halal is empty space, space, or empty, emptiness, basically. It's empty space. But also, as well, the same word halal means a dead person. Halalei Cherev, those who are killed by sword in the Bible are called Halalei Cherev, or Halalei Ra'av, those who are killed by hunger. Why? Because, simple, because when a person dies, he leaves behind him an empty space. So the, the dead person is, is related as, as an empty space, actually. That's what he, he, he or she leaves behind him, is, is an empty space. Now, in Kabbalah, the first, the beginning of all in the Lurianic Kabbalah is halal, is the creation of space. <coughs> the Lurianic Kabbalah, which, Lurianic Kabbalah, is it familiar? Yeah. Okay, Zohar. great. No, not the Zohar. The Zohar is 13th century. Lurianic Kabbalah is the Ari, is 16th century. It's, it is an interpretation on the Zohar, yes. Uh, by the Rabbi Yitzchak Luria. That's why it's called Luria in Kabbalah. Rabbi Yitzchak Luria lived in the 16th century and is con con until today is considered the greatest Kabbalist on all, of all and kind of the main authority of, of Kabbalah since ever. Um, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria. Luria. Isaac Luria. Isaac Luria. I, Isaac Luria. Yeah. Or as he's called, the Ari. Um, that's his nickname. Uh, so in his way, in his interpretation of the Zohar, um, creation began from the divine self, which is endless, which we call Ensof, infinity. In infinity, there is no space for the finite. The, the finite world cannot, world cannot stand, cannot exist in infinity. So how, how, does inf how does the finite can be coming into existence? The first step is the infinite light evacuating, basically, itself and creating an empty space. And this empty space is the place where all the universes are being created into. If you want, this is the place where the Big Bang is, you know, happening into that. So this is halal. So the, in the, the first thing in, when you study Luyani Kabbalah is at the beginning there was the infinite light on sof, and when God, when the infinite wanted to create the sof, the, the limited and, and finite worlds, created halal took himself away. And now this relates to what you spoke before, because 
what we don't do usually when we meet another person is we don't create halal in us. That's kind of a very um, deep teaching for intimacy with another person. Each one of us, in some ways, is a, an infinite light. You feel, you feel your own world. And there is no place for another being in your world. Only as means. Of course, we use other beings. So, you know, this one is a taxi driver, this one is a waiter, whatever. But we use them. They are not, they are not really there. In order to have a person that is really there, what we, the first step that we need to do is to create halal, is to step back. It's a stepping better back of our own life, creating a, an empty space for the other to show up. And this other can be our beloved, can be our child, can be any other person. Because when we create this empty space, the other is kind of being created in our world, like a real other. And the secret of the real divine revelation, as Buber actually was putting it very beautifully, the divine revelation is not in me and not in you, but it's in the connection between you and I. But there is no connection when I relate to you as an object in my world as an it, as a driver. Question, like, mm -hmm. is, is that the same as Tsum Tsum? Yeah, the Tsum Tsum... Like, no, no, it's not a different word. The Tsum Tsum is the process, the Halal is the result. And what is Tsum Tsum? Tsum Tsum is the drawing back of the light. The drawing back of the light, contraction of the light into itself. So the action and of... The and that creates emptiness, yeah, exactly. So if it's I like want to... It's like the whole. Yeah, the whole it's exactly. That's exactly. That'll create a full stop. And, and did, you, did, you, did you guys know, you know that, that, that Ohad and I didn't arrange to talk about any of this, and, and I just talked about Buber for 20 minutes. Ah, did you? Okay. It's amazing. It's like, it, it's, yeah. it's in so the Yeah, so this end. is exactly the, the secret of not only the donut, but the bagel. <laughs> And I'll tell you a story about that. You know the Chelem stories? Uh, also Chal, Chal, Chal. Yeah, exactly, from the same root. From the the Chelem, Chelem is a town in Poland. And in Jewish culture, folklore actually, um, there used to be like a, a collection of stories about the full people of Chelem, which in a backwards were called the wise the wise men of Chelem. So there is like a, a lot, a lot of stories about the wise men of Chelem. And people just relate to those as jokes, but I uh, strongly believe that under, underneath many of them there is like deep mystical uh, meanings that are just mm. hidden as a joke. And here's one. I already, you know, gave you the, the answer before the, you know, but... Like, so... In Chelem, they, they, they saw, they, they wanted to have some, some parnassah, some, some, how do you say, to make My some living. living. Make no? a living, make a living. Make a living for the town. And, and they thought what to do, what to do. They gathered and they had a council of all the wise men of Chelem. And they said, in the other town, 
I don't know, let's say Varsha, they sell bagels. There's a bakery and they sell bagels and they make a lot of money. Uh, why won't we open a, a bagel company? And they say, wow, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. But we don't know how to make bagels. We need to learn the secret of the bagel. So they decided to send a delegation of three really wise people that will go and learn the secret of the bagel. So the, the three people went as shlichim of, the, of, of town to Russia, and they came to the bakery, and they spoke with the baker, and they told him that they want to learn the secret of bagel. And it didn't take so much for the baker to understand who, who does he have business with. So eventually he said, no worries, you know, rest here, give me the money. Of course, they, you know, you need to pay me for, you know, it's not, you don't want to buy bagels, you want to buy the secret of the bagels, right? So that, that's going to cost, but I'll give you the secret of the bagel. And uh, so pay, they paid him all the money that they brought, and he said, sleep here, no problem, and in the morning I'll, I'll put sacks on your donkeys of the secret of the bagel. You'll come back to town with a lot of the secret of the bagel. So they were very happy. They were very, very happy. To their surprise, in the morning, there was like, indeed, on their donkeys, horses, whatever they had, there was like sacks. When they, they held it, it was very, very light. So, but they said, we don't gonna, we're not going to open it until we come and we bring it to the council of the wise men of Chelem. They made their way to the wise men of Chelem and when they opened the sacks, it was empty. And everybody was very angry. They, he fooled us and they went back. And, uh, and of course the, the baker said, sold you the secret of the bagel, right? The secret of the bagel is the hole in the middle. That's the secret of the bagel. So emptiness. This is a Zen Jewish story. It's all about emptiness. And as well as in the Sufganiya, in the, in the donut. The, the real thing the real important thing is not the wrap, but the emptiness in the middle, which is the halal. That's the, the sacred, empty space. That, that when we want to create some intimacy, the first thing is to create the empty space. Yes? Um, as you were talking, I was about two people connecting or seeing the other you know, it occurred to me that when there's an empty space, we should paint it in covenants. Mm -hmm. And would you say that? Yeah, of course. That, that that's how the connection takes place? Yeah. Paint it in the middle. Exactly. What's called Shekhinah Benehim. Yeah, the Shekhinah Benehim. Shekhinah in between them. Yeah. And it comes from the two cherubs on the Holy Ark, um, in which, uh, in, in our tradition, one of them was male, one was, one was female, angels. Um, and they were in a lovemaking 
position. But the interesting thing is that it says that in the book of Shemot, in Exodus, it says that the voice of the divine, when Moses went into the tent of covenant to be intimate with God, the, he would hear the voice coming from between the cherubs. And Ramban, Rabbi Moshe Nachmani, Nachmaninus, right? That's how you call it? Nachmanides. Um, who was also a Kabbalist in the 13th century in Spain, says that indeed the voice of the divine is coming from in between those two, like between the masculine and the feminine. It's kind of God is not masculine, not feminine, but the in between. And he says that there, there is an empty space. That's how the Ramban says it. There is halal, exactly as he said. There is halal. And the whole world is being created through that. This holy, sacred, empty space is where kind of the world, the world of the divine is coming and also the creation is being nourished from there, is being created there. So, chol, halal, halon. Um, another interesting part of that, which is of course connected, is chala. Now we use today chala as um, right, the bread for Shabbat, chala. But in the Bible, it says, ki chala gam yalda tzion et baneha. And the meaning is that she is pregnant. A woman who is chala, in biblical language, is a pregnant woman. Now what's the connection between all that we spoke before and that? There is empty space, exactly. So she has halal inside. And she is also mecholelet. Now lecholel in Hebrew means to generate. Another uh, meaning to the chetlamid. So she has halal, that's why she's called chala. She has this empty space. And in this empty space, that's the place of generation. She's generating new life. And generating in Hebrew is lecholel. Kol Adonai yecholel ayalot. Right, you say it every, every Friday night in the tefillah. But lecholel also has a double meaning in Hebrew. What's the other meaning? Sorry, it's kind of a Hebrew lesson. That's how it became. Lecholel uh, also means to dance. Machol. Machol is dance. But not, not, not simple dance, but not like jumping. This is rikud. The raked is to jump like up and down. And machol, is to dance in a circle. Circle dance is machol, because machol is a circle. It's, it's all about the chet lamed. It's this kind of space, empty space. The space that things are being hap happening into and whatever is being generated in the empty space. And the way of generating stuff is through, it's a, it's a way of dancing, right? You know, in, in the Hindu tradition, you have Shiva, the dancer, right? And he's dancing and creating and destroying this whole dance of creating, holding, destroying. Shiva is the destroyer of life, but 
But the, um, the dam, hmm? Like the same way that halal also has the two meanings. Yeah, as halal is uh, an death. emptiness that's, yeah. that destroys an empty yeah. space. And then inside the circle, you have that empty The empty space, exactly. Yeah. So that's the machol. That's true, the way the water is constructed, too. I'm sorry? The chet has a whole empty space in it, and even the lamed has empty space in it. Yeah, well, most of the letters in Hebrew actually have empty space. They're kind of surrounding something. Except of Bav and you, Nun. Yep. So uh, that's a little bit on the on, on this on the on, on meeting, really meeting and having intimacy, which relates actually to to Chet Lamed, to to this secret of creating an empty space for the other to show up, and um, I want to. Um, relate a little to to that in a, in a different way and kind of that's what I thought of bringing today the, the whole Chet Lamed you know it's like just because you you brought it up um, when we look in another person and their actions we often have all kinds of judgments, right? We like what they do, but we don't like what they do. This is good, this is bad. We're full of judgments and, and estimations about what they do. Um, and one of the beautiful secrets of the Hasidic way of looking at Kabbalah is called Ha'ala'at Nitzutzot. Ascending the ascending of the sparks. Now this is it sounds like a very mystical concept, and it is, but what I wanted to share with you today is that it's really it's mystical, but it's a very everyday life kind of thing. Hasidut was not for, meant for you know scholars that are sitting somewhere and isolated from the world. Hasidut was kind of Kabbalah that was in the interaction with people. So one of the main teachings of Hasidic Kabbalah from the Baal Shem Tov and the Maggid of Nezrich from the first and second generation of Hasidut is that whatever a person does, whatever is happening, even things that we see as very <coughs> negative, gesund, even things that we see as very negative, they're actually hishtalshelut. How would you translate hishtalshelut? Uh, an unfolding, an a unfold, part, huh? part of a process. It's coming down from one of the sacred sfirot of Kabbalah. It's an expression. It's a final. It's a. It's a. It, that that what you're seeing at the end. Right, the expression of it is, after a, is itself rooted in one of the qualities in the svirot or in the in the energies. So even if it's got a, a gross expression, it's put, it, it came after many gradations of, of evolution. Yeah, gradations. Yeah. So 
and, and by that, the, the, the original teachings is, you know, someone, you know, comes to, comes to you with aggression, for instance, or, and, and it's definitely uncomfortable. It's a calling from the divine. And what you should do with that is take this, it's a spark. It's a lost spark. And what you should do with it is bring it back to its source. Now, I want to show with, show with you what, in my eyes, is like, what does it mean to bring it back to its source? It's, in my eyes, and it took me many years to understand it, but once, it's kind of one of these things, once you understand it, it's very simple. I think, at least. It's very simple. Just like it's, um, it takes time to be, it's not simple to get the simple things, but once you get it, it's simple. <laughs> I have never seen a person that does something that is not good in their own eyes. Could you agree to that? Whenever a person does something, they do it for a reason. That for them, it seems this is good. Take any horrible action, like take this, uh, whatever, this terrorist that was uh, having captives now in Australia, in Sydney, right? So, you know, someone comes with a gun and take uh, captives, all the, all the people in, in the cafe and kills people. Why did he do it? Hi, welcome. So why did he do it? Protesting Australia's involvement in Iraq or Afghanistan, they were bombing Muslims. Yeah. yeah. So he he was protesting. What? What? In his eyes, what what did he stand for? Stand for. Come. Go into his eyes. People, his fellow countrymen, were being murdered by Australians, mm -hmm. and he had wanted to make a statement so people would realize what was happening. Yeah. So what he was he acting he was for? To, he was hoping to stop the murder. So he in his own mind, he was saving lives. Yeah, in his own mind, he was uh, saving lives. He was there Okay, you can say that yeah. he was sick in this world. He, yeah. he thought he was doing something for a better place. Yeah, He's, he thought, him and every other terrorist, and every other person who is doing something that we perceive as horrible, in their eyes, they're doing something that is beautiful. We is saw that you know, during the whole, you know, the recent war in Gaza. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, you know, and I'm one of them, a lot of Jews are going, oh, this is necessary. Mm -hmm. This is for a better good. You know, this, yeah. This, you better be close to this. You know, so what say, are you standing oh, for? Dead children. You know, yeah. I good. They're dead children. Mm -hmm. They're civilians. Mm -hmm. so, so the person who is doing these actions is... Actually, if you kind of, you need to reduce it and take it back, like, what is the energy that they're working for? They're working, what, what, what's important for them? You can sometimes feel like they're working for freedom. Right? They're, they're trying to, to protect their own freedom. Can we agree that freedom is a good thing? believe so, right? You know, freedom is a good thing. for Everybody wants freedom. They are trying to, if you speak about the, the Israelis, and I'm, I'm an Israeli, so 
uh, in, in Gaza, you know, any, any kind of attack. So why would IDF, <coughs> what, what are the, our right wing, what would they say? We do that for security. This is for security. Now, could we agree that security is an, an important thing? Humans basically need to be secure. Human needs to be free. Um, so freedom and security are very important things. Many times, maybe this uh, terrorist in Australia as well, uh, people will do horrible things for the honor, for the honor of their, themselves, of their family, of their tribe, of their religion. They would do horrible things. But what's moving them? The need to feel honored. Is it a bad thing by itself? No, it's a good thing. Everybody wants, every human being wants to feel honored. Every human being wants to feel free. Every human being wants to feel secured. So this is not saying that the way that this individual chose to find, to, to pursue freedom, to pursue honor, to pursue the need for security is good. It's not saying that. It's just saying that this person, in their way, didn't find, for some reason, they didn't find any other way, but what, the, what moved them are beautiful energies that are basic human needs of all human beings, of all religions, of all faiths and, you know, every human being anywhere on the planet. Can you say some more? What, what else do we need? Like, these kind of basic things. We need power. We want to feel power. Yeah, of course, power. In a, you want to have power. Now, you can have power over, and that's an, a, a, every one of those can be expressed in a negative way. But the feeling of not feeling powerless, every human being doesn't want to feel powerless. Yeah, you want to feel empowered. Definitely, you want to feel empowered, you want to feel loved, right? You want to feel love, you want to feel power, you want to feel honor, you want to feel freedom. What else are the kind of basic needs of every human being? You need your physical comforts. No? Physical food. comfort, yeah, food, shelter, yeah, exactly. Water. Water, all, all this kind of like basic truth. survival things. Yeah. Desire for truth and knowledge, knowledge truth. Mm, knowledge and truth. Justice. Justice. Yeah. So even someone who's taking vengeance, for example, says, I want to punish them. Mm -hmm. is, yeah, what is, are they looking for? Right. So he's looking for justice. Justice. Yeah. Now, the way that this person is pursuing it and trying, is executing it, can be a horrible way and a poor mistake. But still, when we approach the world, what the Baal Shem Tov said, the only thing that we need are beautiful divine energy. 
you meet people that are trying to be secure, that are trying to be free, that are trying to have some honor, that are trying to have some shelter and food and water, uh, that are trying to have justice. What? What about fear? And fear? Is that a good what do you think? I don't think so. You don't think that fear is good at all? Positive energy? Let us kill the Jewish babies. Huh? We, have, we have some study of Russia where Pharaoh is afraid of... Well, fear babies. can move us to do horrible things. But in itself, it's positive. Is it in itself, if you wouldn't fear, if you wouldn't know to fear from fire, uh, fire you wouldn't run away. If you wouldn't know to fear from a rushing car towards you, you wouldn't, you know, your adrenaline wouldn't come in the right moment. Fear is in you because fear is very good in its way, in its place. Fear is there, and fear, what is fear? What is fear? Fear is a rush of chemicals and hormones in your body that allows the body to respond, bypass thought, basically, because when you're in fear, you're like emergency. You bypass thought processes and you act immediately without thinking. So you're afraid, like, if, if now, if there will be like a, a big kind of a, a noise now, like, boom, something falling, our, without us thinking about anything, each of us will do something like this, right? Instinctively, this is fear. Our body has fear in it, and it runs beyond, bypass any thought. You don't think, oh, something is maybe falling. I, my, it's better that I will protect my head. No, you're trying to protect your head. You're trying to run away. This is fear. Very, very important for any animal. Now, fear as well as justice, as well as freedom, as well as love, can be an incentive to do horrible things. How many people did horrible things because they loved? They said they loved. How many people murdered because of love? Committed suicide because of love? Stole whatever you want, any, any kind of crime and you know, because What's of love. What's the difference between instinct and, 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 a, and a belief and a structure? So there's an instinctual reaction. Yep. Then there's a belief structure. Yep. Right? And a belief structure takes on its own life. Yeah, belief structure is usually based on, on your experience and education, both. Education and experience, and it, it's much more complex more than... Not education, a kind of... Sorry? Indoctrination, a kind of, a kind of taking in a, a, and having it be a kind of, not an instinct, but it becomes an automatic, unconscious... Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Structure, sure. That all kinds of things come. Out. Yeah, yeah. Very simple. Like as we said, like if if there is if we think that something is falling on us, 
our instinct is like run away, hold the hand, your head. If I think that someone is dangerous because they say some words that trigger me, I hear some words that trigger me, immediately the same uh, procedure is happening in my body. So adrenaline is being released, uh, other chemicals that make, you know, the muscles uh, are kind of ready, you're ready to run, you're ready to fight, flight, uh, or freeze, depends on the, on the situation, right? So you're basically your um, reptilian brain is coming into action immediately. It goes, bypasses a, a lot of the other stuff in the brain, like the thought, the neocortex, and stuff like that. It goes directly to the reptilian brain, and you are in fight, flight, freeze response. So some, the thing is that sometimes it's really serving you, and sometimes it doesn't serve you. But what I want to say is like, I mean, this is a Kabbalah class, right? So any action, any action of a human being is rooted in beautiful, divine energies, which are the tree of life. So each one of them, love, fear, security, Justice, each one of them, you can basically trace them. There are the Sfirot themselves, so this, the tree of life. Poor expression of that. So is a poor, so is a, a distortion. Is a distortion. Is a, it's a poor way of knowing how to bring the beautiful human, energy human, to the world. A human. Not. It's not divine. It's human. First of all, all of all, everything is divine. Okay. Now let's talk about good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good and evil. There sorry, is a, I, sorry, I had to bring it up. Again. Oh, beautiful. So, here's a, a beautiful Sufi story that I, I, I love to use for this. Very short. There was an old man, and uh, he had a son and a horse, and there was a farmer. So an old farmer had one son and one horse. And one day, uh, the horse disappeared, ran away. And all the neighbors came to this man and said, poor you, what would you do now? How would you cultivate the farm without a horse? What would you do? And the old man said, is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? Who knows? And after some days, the horse came back with a marin, you call it? A horse's? Uh, 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 a, fem uh, a female uh, horse. Yeah, no, a filly. A mare. A mare. A mare. A mare. So he comes back with a mare. And the mare is, is pregnant even. So all the neighbors come and they say, good for you, lucky guy. You know, you just doubled your possessions, <laughs> right? It was like, poof. Tripled. Tripled your possessions. And the old man says, is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? 
after some days, the, the new horse, the, the mare, kicks the son and breaks his leg. And again, all the neighbors come and say, old man, what would you do? Your son was the only work that you had, the only worker that you had. What would you do? And he said, you know what he said? Is it good? Bad? Who knows? After some days, uh, the messengers from the king came to pick up all the young men from the villages to go to war. And they looked and they saw this young man lying down with a broken leg and they said, you stay home. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. So, you know, something happens. Is it good? Is it bad? Why do we think something is good or bad? Why do we think that when the horse disappeared, we say, oh, this is bad. This is bad. We don't see the future. We don't see that actually, you know, in two days he's going to bring a, a horses, a mare. We don't see all that. But at the moment, we judge the situation and we say, this is bad. What does it mean, actually, when we say that? What do we actually mean? Look at yourself. When something happens to you and you say, bad luck, what do you mean, actually? What would be good? Just looking at the present, at the present moment. Just looking at the present uh -huh. without considering uh, the future. Yeah, you're not answering my question, though. You're jumping too quick. Does it make so, my life harder? Or, you know? Yeah, what's, what, why do we consider it bad? Pain. Huh? Pain, loss. Pain, loss, that's what we experience, pain and loss. And, and, and what else? What did you say? I'm sorry. Hardship, suffering, you know, we have to do something. You know, it, makes, it makes our life more difficult. It makes our life, we think, we think that it makes our life more difficult. That's the whole thing, right? We think that this, this uh, what happened creates some difficulty for us. We don't see that actually it's going to, I mean, the fact that the horse went away is actually making our life much better because it's going to come back in two days with a, with a mare. So it's not, gonna, it's not making our life <coughs> harder, but we think it is. At this moment, what, look, at, look at life. You know, whenever something happened to you and you feel shit about it, why? Because you think there is a thought there. There is a thought that said, if life, life should have been going the way I think it should. There is like, I think life should go like this. And when life doesn't go the way I want it to go, I judge it to be bad. That's a, this is a bit bad circumstance. Is it good? Is it bad? Who knows, right? So you're asking to hold in this frame, mm -hmm. holding a perspective onto whatever events that might occur, and <coughs> try to hold it in a bigger vessel, in a bigger frame, so as not 
as have as immediate uh, a reaction to the particular events, but to try to hold whatever's coming in this bigger um, structure. Exactly, exactly. So, I hear so, being in the now. Right? Yeah. I don't know what the future is. We don't. I, I can't change the past. Mm -hmm. There is whatever. I, I don't want to disrupt <clears throat> my happiness now by fretting, no, it's, know, making up the way it should be when it's. You can call it being in the now, and that's what also is being in the present the moment. Just, just a second now. Yeah. So, you can call it being in the, in the present, and you can call it holding it in a halal. Right, basically this is what we it's like creating an empty space for life to occur without my judgment that is based on my very short seeing. I actually do not know there's so much I do not know. I don't know the future, I don't know what's gonna happen in five minutes. How can I say if what's happening now is good or bad? Yes, I have emotions. I have emotions so I can feel pain. Is pain bad? Is pain good? Right? Just We can take out, just a second, take out the bad and good and just experience. What's, what is it that we are experiencing? And hold it in an empty space. In the, just, I would call it, throw everything to the hole in the bagel. Okay? Throw everything to the middle. Like, whatever happens, throw it to the, to the hole in the bagel and hold it in the not knowing. You don't know. Just be, it's, it's kind of a humble approach to life. I do not know. I know that I feel pain. You know, my son just broke his leg. I'm very sorry for that. You know, he feels pain. I feel pain. But maybe it's very good. Maybe it's saving him from going to war, whatever it is. We don't know if it's good and bad. The good and bad is based on our judgment. And our judgment is based on very short span of seeing forward. So, and I know you, both of you want to say something. Um, so what I kind of want to bring in this Kabbalah class is a way to look at the world that, that for me, this, this is the essence of, one of the essences of Hasidut, of Hasidic mysticism. Whatever is happening, whatever you see other people do, A, their, their motivation is divine. I, I, I do not want to say good because I want to kind of throw the good and the bad, okay, the good and evil, out of the window, chalon. Okay. But they're motivated by things that motivate me too. Okay. Whatever a person does, he's doing because of fear, because of needing for shelter, whatever we spoke about, justice, freedom, Every, I mean, and just challenge yourself. To, you know, look at your life and look at the people who challenge you. People who challenge you. It might be your boss or your wife or your husband or your children. Why are they doing what they're doing? There are beautiful life energies that hide behind it. In the language of Kabbalah, this is called the divine Sfirot, the tree of life. So there's chesed behind it. There's gvura behind that. There's God, Netzach. 
when you look at this this way, you basically say, this is a divine act. Whatever is happening here, like there is beautiful divine acts, and now comes the way that it acts out. So this person is standing for freedom. I can, I can relate to that. I want freedom as well. Now, because he wants freedom for his country, he is, whatever, bombing uh, himself and others. See, what happened in your body life? <laughs> yeah. So he's bombing himself. And I usually judge it as bad. Can I actually take it back into the halal, into emptiness, and say, I don't know what's good and bad. All I know is that I experience what I experience now. Maybe I'm experiencing fear. Maybe I'm experiencing pain. And give full respect to the experience of the moment without jumping into judging this as good and as bad. It's just like it's a way of looking at the world that allows you to kind of, as the Hasidim would say, to see only God everywhere. Just whatever is happening around you and, what, and whatever you feel, it's, a, it's the divine working through you when you respect the moment and respect the, the experience of the moment. Yes. Yeah, you. It was coming, the words were coming up was um, my will or the will of life itself. Mm -hmm. Like so, I and control. Yeah. So I want to. Not only I want to judge it, I want to control it. I don't want this to happen. I can't accept that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And life is bringing it to me. Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm feeling just letting go in my body. Yeah. Because it's relaxing into. I can't control this. This is not me. Mm -hmm. It's not about my will. Mm -hmm. There's something much. There's a force that's you know. Yes. Yeah. You know, now let. Thank you. What's your name? Ken. Ken. So just look at this, and where is the the need for to, for control? I want to make it my way. Yeah. What What's behind it now? <coughs> when you actually want control, what are you actually seeking? Can anyone help, Ken? Influence the outcome. Huh? Influence the outcome. To influence the... So it's control, but you're asking for something beyond it. Yeah, beyond, behind. What's behind? Certainty, safety. Safety. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. yeah. Ease. Ease. Power. Power. Pain. Power. Power. To feel that I have power. I'm empowered. You know, I want, I want things to happen the way I want them to happen. So, even though we can recognize that the need to control is usually not going to bring you to a good place, right? And people do horrible stuff because they need to control. They're control freaks. But with an eye of compassion towards yourself or towards another, like basically, hey, this control freak is actually, what's, what's there? They want to feel safe. They want to feel comfort. They want to feel empowered. And when you look at this this way, it's like there is a lot of compassion. Hey, I know that. I also want to feel empowered. I also want to... 
right? But then you can let go of, con- of the control. The try to con- trying to control is an execution, is a way to execute your need for safety. safety, power, all that. So it's kind of, if you go, it's kind of going deeper. Mm-hmm. Kind of going deeper is kind of saying, you know, mm-hmm. I want to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And what's happening now is making me feel powerless. Mm-hmm. Respecting this. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of saying, this is bad. Because it's not going my way, the way I wanted life to go. It's like really going deep. And so, like, what do I feel? I feel I feel powerless now, because I wanted things to to happen one way, and life is going in a different way. <coughs> Respect this feeling, all that. Offer it as a you know, as as the, the divine in the moment. This is a step back moment in what you're talking. About. Yeah. So that you know, I like when you talk about like. Feel the pain and know that you're feeling pain, mm-hmm. but that there's a, in, in the step back you have you create more space around the event that's happening, so that it's like you're, there's an interaction. It's not just me suffering. It there's, there's there's more to it. Thank you. What we create this space and then we can meet, as we said before, when you create the halal the empty space, there is a place for me, for the, uh, there is a place for the other. Usually we don't give place to the other. Now the other can be another person, but the other can be also reality. <coughs> reality. What's happening, the, the event, you know, the, the divine spark of the event, what's happening here? Sometimes I'm so full of my own, you know, masked, I'm, I'm, all my screen is full with my own judgment and beliefs and my pain and my God. You know, I don't see what's I don't see reality. I need to create some halal, some empty space, some hole in the, <coughs> some hole in my bagel, so I can actually meet reality and have intimacy with the moment. They have a, they have a saying in uh, your story is full of holes. It's a way of saying. Your story is full of holes is a way of saying that your story doesn't hold up. Mm. In English? It's a, it's yeah, in English you say, oh, your story is full of holes means mm. it doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. But here you're making it a beautiful, to have a story full of holes means that your story drops mm-hmm. and you get to the hole. Yeah. yeah, you can drop the story right. about reality and just see reality as is and meet reality as is. And reality is, in my world, reality is God. Reality itself is God. That's why we call it Shekhinah. Shekhinah is the divine force that dwells within everything. When we see reality, we see it, it's divine. All that we need is to create some halal. So kind of clear the glass, you know, kind of and see beyond our judgments and our beliefs and our need to control. It's a wonderful room.
Johan has a song like that. Yeah. <laughs> and if we had the guitar, we would sing it so it's neither good nor evil. Huh? Good. This there isn't really good and evil. I mean, that's, what, that's a kind of moral, this is beyond the moral judgment. Yeah, there isn't I mean, really. This, this space that you're uh, referring to, it's, it's like yeah. uh, sitting above it right. in a way, in a certain way. Completely. Hmm? And the Balshantov said, well, actually I'm not going to go into that because we need to conclude. But yes, there, in, in, the, in the truth, there isn't good and evil. There is only a divine reality. There is only divine reality. This is happening. That's all you can do. This is happening. Now, it might, what's happening might challenge me. Might be difficult for me. Or might be easy for me. If it's easy for me, usually I, th- I judge it as good. But what I would say good, you would say it's, it's evil. Because it's based on so much, just like our beliefs about reality, we don't see reality itself. Reality itself is an unknown divine expression of the moment. Is it okay if I say something? Okay. So I, I think that the. I have a lot of things to say, but I, I think that. that in the story, in the Sufi story, the, the, where I get stuck in the Sufi story is this. As long as the Sufi story doesn't say, it keeps setting up, a, a, it's in a continuum where there is an assumption of something good, and that, that thing that is good is that you averted disaster. In other words, he says, listen, the leg was broken, but then they conscripted uh, his son, so at that moment of conscription in the listener, there is an assumption that had the leg not been broken, then what would have happened? Like if the enlightened person in the story was fully enlightened, they would have said, like not only, not only don't I know, it's good, it's bad, it would have said, if they would have taken him also, it, would have been, it wouldn't have been good or bad. Mm-hmm. In other words, there, isn't, there is a setup in the story where you're expecting like the thing that you thought was a bad thing actually turns out to be a good thing because the person isn't taken. So it's still in the continuum of good and evil. He could have been a successful soldier, right? He would have found a fortune. Right. That, if the story had gone that way. But so what, what I hear you saying, though, is, I, and the story probably is not, I understood the story, in, in, you were using it as a way of, of pointing to something that maybe the story is not perfect. But the, the story is saying, listen, to live in a world, we do live in a world where we rejoice when things are good, and, and we don't stop ourselves. But more often than not, we, we have assumptions about when things happen that are painful. And, the, and to mourn and to feel that pain without, without the story around it leaves us more options in terms of living more freely, with more liberation. And that, mm-hmm. what, what Ken was experiencing here, both with Ohad mm-hmm. and also in your own life, is that what I think what Ohad is saying is that when we drop the story and the, and the whole right and wrong trip, we we have more options available to us and how to engage the energy. Because once the energy is up, without the the bad limits, the judgment limits our diagnosis of the issue. Because the bad is a poor diagnosis of the problem. The judgment that we have is a poor diagnosis. So when we drop our diagnosis, 
it's bad because blah blah blah. Then we're just in the energy of the sfirah, the energy of the of the pain, the pleasure, the discomfort, whatever it is, and that gives us greater spaciousness, more halal, in which to re- in order to be around it. Because the minute we judge it, that's the only way to relate to it. Yeah. Is the way that we're judging it. And so I'm so, but I, I want to bookmark that and say that's true most of the time. I want to say that's true most of the time, but. I think there are things in the world, and the whole time you were speaking, of course, I was thinking about what happened yesterday in Pakistan. And I was was really struggling. I was like, okay, now I can take it back. I can say, listen, those nine people who went into that school, there is a, the sirah is the energy, is the energy of justice, the energy of revenge, of, of vengeance, of of wanting to know that they're right, and that, and also the pain of having had their children. I read this in the Times today that one, the spokesman for the Taliban said, "We want them to feel what it feels like to lose a child." So, in the field that is out beyond right and wrong, there is. It's just. All of it is just energy moving. It's painful. It's pleasurable. It's all. It's all the miracle of why is there anything instead of nothing. It's all just wow. But in the world, in this dimension, there are some things that are hard, are easier in my personal life to not judge. And things outside that I have that I can't, I can't not say that 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 there's any higher purpose to that. And I try when I try to hold both of them, I basically hold. I have no idea how this will feel when I'm in the field beyond right and wrong. I get it, but I don't live there. I live here, and children being lined up and shot in the head makes me sick. And it makes me sick not just because I have only one perspective. I want to imagine that there is no perspective in the world where that would be, that, where that would make sense. So, except of in God's eyes. Except in God's eyes. And, well, and there, then I wind up feeling that God and I don't have the same morality. Of course. Yeah. God has no morality. So, so then it's not good or bad in God's eyes. It's, it's not good. Is. And it is, exactly. It it's is. not good right. or bad. So it's in is. the world of just... That's the, that's right. the, the hole in the baby. Right. In the world of just is, yes, I get that. Therefore, but in the world of... It is painful. It's excruciating. And, and it yeah. also uh, brings fear to you. When you think about it, of course, you think about your own son and... And it brings fear into you. And, and this is the experience of how you experience a story. But again, we can relate to things on the mundane levels. Like, okay, we, let's say we caught the person who did it. And yeah. yeah, we need to judge them. We need to judge them. But there is, as a, as a real judge, mm-hmm. like if I would be a Dayan, you know, like a, a real... If, if someone needs to sit on, on the throne of a, of a judge, there's one thing saying, like, I'm trying to take care of society. Right. And 
to lead the society to the best way that I I can I, I can give him the power that that society that society gave me. And I know that you, the person who committed this murder, you acted because of your own pain. I know that. You acted because your child was murdered. You acted because, because of pain. No one <coughs> hurts another person unless they are hurt before. This is a chain of events. Someone is hurt. Only the hurt is being hurting others. Is hurting others. This is what's happening in the world. So I, you know, I want to hold you as you know. If I'm the judge, so yes, I, you know, I'm gonna hold you from doing any other things. But I do understand that you come from your own pain. And did you do? And I'm also can go, you know, personally yeah. say beyond good and bad. You did. This is this is reality. I don't need to say this is a bad thing. This is reality. It happened. And I stand in awe in front of reality. It causes a lot of pain. The unknown is, is frightening. We want to know. That's why we tend to put things in drawers and to say this is good, this is bad. The Holocaust. You know, I'm, in my, in my practice in the last four... In the 14, last 14 years, I would, as you know, I was spending every year a week in Auschwitz in meditation and as a retreat that now Shir Yaakov, who was here in this community, is going to go take, take my place in this retreat. Uh, really recommended to go to this retreat and sit for a week in the death camp and listen beyond a story. Just listen. Listen to reality. And we are so caught up with the fact of we want to see the victims as good and the perpetrators as bad. But just a bigger, a vaster point of view would see that the perpetrators usually think that they are victims. Listen to the story of every perpetrator, like the Taliban. No. Every perpetrator, in their own reality, they are the victims. And because of that, they allow themselves to do something. So, who is the victim here? We don't know. So Take a step back. Create emptiness. Mm -hmm. Sit in the emptiness. Sit in the hole in the bagel. <laughs> and in this, you just sit in God. Yeah. For me, it's a matter of being on, like going from one level to, to another very quickly. I can be, I can say, yes, you know, they did what they did because they felt it's the right thing to do, and I'm sorry for them. I can also feel the, the feeling of the parents. I can go from, I don't have to spend a lot of time being compassionate to the perpetrators. In other words, it's a matter of how I use my time and my feelings, how much energy I give to each feeling. But what I really want to know is your the connection with the sparks. Yeah. You know, I, do, do you see the, the um, energies as sparks when you say each person 
has this energy, you know, gives whatever they give, love, hate, whatever. Is that what you're talking about? And how to bring the sparks back? That's what I want to know. Yeah, very short, I'll, I'll answer you. Uh, the spark is, this, the divine spark, is the motivation behind every action. It is divine motivation. So those schmucks that did what they did yesterday in, uh, in Pakistan, when I look at this as what was, what was actually, what, was the, what were the energies there? It was uh, the, the, the request for justice, for instance. Just one of them, there are several, okay? So there's, there's justice. Justice is a divine energy. It, it's coming from the sphere of Din, of the, the left hand, and of Gvura, Din. A little bit from Netzach as well. Okay, so there was, if I look at it this way, so like, what's, happen, what's happening there is basically a divine energy that was executed in a poor way. Okay? By my consciousness, by looking at that in this way, I take the spark and bring it back to its source. It never left its source, basically. For you, essentially. In my consciousness, right. yeah. Right. But in Hasidut, right. in, Hasid in Hasidut, what you do in your meditation is a cosmic thing. So when you as an individual recognize the divine energy in an evil action, you take the, the spark that was begalut, that was in exile in this action. What is the meaning of exile? It wasn't recognized. And you give it recognition. You recognize it. And this brings the spark back to the main fire, let's say. It brings the spark back to God. And basically, it never left. God is there. Now, it's not only good as a mystical thing of your consciousness. It is very good, and it really transforms you. It's not like a mind thing. It's a transformation of how, you, how, you react, how do you relate to reality, because you become much more accepting, much more soft, much more present in the moment and less in your own story about things. But also, it's a way of communication. And uh, the way that was developed in this way is what people, I'm sure some, some of you heard about, is nonviolent communication. NBC. NBC, NBC is working basically with this idea Without the Hasidic, you know, uh, terminology of like you know taking the sparks and bringing it back to the to the source, but what what Marshall Rosenberg, as a modern Hasid, you know, as a modern Hasid Hasidic master, basically looked at reality and he said, you know, everybody is just doing what they think is good. They are trying to answer their needs, and their needs are beautiful. Their needs are divine. Their needs are human, and they're as part of creation. So it's part of the tree of life. It's basically, now I'm talking Kabbalistically, yeah, no, no. Tree of life. Yeah. that's it. Yes. And just a quick uh, side note is that I'm a filmmaker, and I've mm -hmm. been embedded uh, in Mexico for the past year with 
group of citizens who were fighting against the, who rose up to fight against the drug cartels. And originally I went down there to tell the story about good fighting evil. And then after about a year, it became clear that those who were fighting evil became evil. Hmm. And people, I'm just about to sort of give birth to the film, but people always ask me in test screenings over the past couple of weeks, of, were they always evil? Or did they become evil? Were they always good? bad, and my answer to them is always, they're human, and that they did human things, and that, uh, it's, a, it's yeah. an aside. Yeah. Um, Once you go deeper into reality, you kind of, you have to drop the judgment of good and evil. In some ways it doesn't serve, and the more you drop it yourself, you can invite other people to, you know, to be, to be with you in, the re in reality which is, drop good and evil. What's actually happening here? You know, the people of the cartel or whatever, what are they looking for? What are they fighting for? They're probably fighting for something that is very important for them. <laughs> so just like realizing this kind of brings us yeah. into a whole different discussion that is beyond judgment. Of like, how can I... Oh, you're a person... You're trying to defend something that is very important, and I can relate to that. Right. And but now, can you maybe you can see that I'm also trying to kind of you know re protect my own human needs, and maybe we can meet on this level, and then see how we can cooperate. And that's the basic of of peacemaking that that can come from this, and it can be with you know big things or fighting cartels or you know in Israel with the Palestinians and all that. And it's also the, the war starts in our own homes uh, between us and our spouses and our children and parents. And then, exactly, and then it's basically the inner war between me and myself. Mm -hmm. you know, it all comes from that. The places that I'm putting myself down. It's some, some of the... And we need to probably... Yeah, we should probably stop at it. But yeah. oh, go ahead, you haven't spoken yet. Well, I mean, the, the, um, I'm still a little bit confused. Can you speak up? Yeah, so you say on one hand, and it's very easy to understand, all energy is divine, its origin. All motives are possibly divine. But the way it's channeled, the way it's implemented yeah. can be bad. And in this can version, be experienced. Yeah. in this version, you are still making room for good and bad. Because you're still saying, I recognize that this package... I didn't say bad, by the way. I just said it's a poor expression. Poor, poor, you're right. But the Taliban's were, 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 the motivations was justice, but the action was poor. But at least you acknowledge their freedom of choice, that, and they chose poorly. The other vision that you also described is one where we have to accept all reality as divine, including 132 children died. And we have to acknowledge that it's all divine. And in that one, I feel that there is, that all of a sudden the action is not poor anymore. 
and there is no real freedom of choice. It's just reality, and it's, it is what it is, beyond good and evil. And that one, I'm just, what, so what? Okay, so what, what happens next? You know, it's real, it's all good because it's real, there's no good. And where does that go? Where does that go? You stand there, you don't know where it, where it goes. You stand there in the not knowing, and as my Zen master would say, you stand there not knowing, you bear witness to that. You bear witness to 130 dead children. Your heart is probably crying. And then something will arise, naturally. You don't need to categorize it as good, but something, some action will arise. The action that will arise is the, so to say, the right action. This action might be, go fight the Taliban, might be, let's uh, hug the mothers, might be, let's bury these children, might be, let's plant trees. Who knows what will action will be? But if you're ready to face, rea to meet reality, and just be there without the given story, just like, wow, this is God now. I'm part of reality, so what's happening in me? When I'm, face, when I'm in this divine meeting, in this intimacy with the moment, what's happening in me is also worth respect. So it's not like saying, stay there and do, don't do anything. It's just like, do whatever is the authentic response to the meeting. So create halal, meet in this halal, Whatever will come out from that, it's like a creation. It's the divine creation that is being created in the halal of Hanoi, in the empty space. I, I think one has to respect that this is a very hard concept to wrap your head around. And it's, you said it's, you know, that, you know I, at some point a light bulb can go off, but in the, in the transition till that light bulb goes off, this, you know, we live in a duality society that is based on good and evil, and that is our indoctrination, and we're, it's reinforced constantly. So I think moving into this kind of space is really um, not easy. Yeah, I want to I I support that, and I want to say that I think that, um, you know, one of the connections between what, what Boaz has been teaching tonight and Hanukkah is, for me personally, is that you know, there's a game that, that people started to play in, in Europe uh, a couple of centuries ago, which was a kind of way to pass the time on long, long winter evenings, you know, where, where days were short and nights were long. They started to play with a top that I think a lot of us know as, um, I had a little dreidel, I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, dreidel I should play. And the Hasidic teachers speak very um, beautifully about the merging of circle and lines that happen in a dreidel, that here it's a, basically a top that the only way for it to be at rest is to be at rest with one face showing, one side, one perspective, one letter, right? It's, only, it's either going to be gimel, it's going to be shin, it's going to be hey, right? It's going to be a nun, or it's going to be a pei, whatever it is, wherever it is. There are four basic sides. And we live most of the time in our lives with one of those sides of the dreidel. And when we, the other three sides are basically the other. Like there's no halal. 
right? It's halal-less. It's just, you know, shin or hey, awareness. We might not even, in a two-dimensional continuum, we might not even be aware that there's another side. Like if anybody said to the shin, there's like, a, you know, do you realize next door there's a nun or, you know, you'd be like, oh, you're crazy. You know, what does it look like from hay awareness? Oh, never mind. Like they're, they're on the other side of the world. They're in their hay. And then we spin it. And while it's spinning, it becomes not four faces, but it becomes a circle. It becomes, the, the power of it is that it's spinning so quickly is that essentially it's multi or aperspectival. You're holding, it's holding all the signs at once, at once, holding all of them, all four faces of God. So it might be, I think I identify very much with what you just said, which is, I live my life um, wanting to be, sp- I want to spin. I want to be so badly, my, my mind to be spinning and to be holding that, that, that circle dance, that machol, that halal, where I refuse to be, I refuse to come down on any of the sides and try to hold all of them in the, in the mechol, like in that womb. Right and say, I'm holding it, and 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 then what 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 you just said, then from that holding it as it's spinning, eventually something authentic will arise and whatever mit side, cholel, which uh, is called mit cholel. Mit cholel. Something is being generated. Something will be generated. Some side it will fall. It, you know the gravity of life itself will pull me, or will arise. I don't like the kind of go, it will arise from the mother and say, here's the authentic side of the dreidel that I am to be in. But I think that Ohad is, in, and I think I agree with you, like, there is a place which, um, I'm using all the spatial, there, here, whatever, it's a, it's a, where all of those things, where, and the, and the reason why this is significant, I, and we're going to end now, but I think the reason why this is significant is this, is that the same disease, like, what, essentially what Ohad is saying now, and what mystics have said always, is that, yeah, when it gets, when push comes to shove, this doctrine, when it's in extreme cases of evil, becomes very hard to stomach. But, but yet, it's the same mechanism that causes suffering on a very micro level in our day-to-day life, like in a cab, or in a restaurant, or, or you know, or as a filmmaker, whatever it is. Somehow, once it gets blown up writ large, then we start to see that we, the we need that structure of judgment, otherwise, look what happens. As if the, the judgment that we're judging is what's causing these painful things, but it's not the case. In fact, this person who is acting uh, unskillfully to get their needs met is, is themselves immersed in a very horrible story. The very same thing that we're trying to avoid in not judging them. So it allows us to, to not become the judgers and, and the, the, the splitters so that we can be able to act from compassion and wisdom instead of from reactivity and habitual places, but... And when you act out of judgment, you basically suffer. Basically. When you judge, when you judge, you create your own suffering because the story that you put on reality is not reality itself. And the distance that you're taking from reality is actually creating your own suffering. So being muhan, being a, um, ready or uh, allowing yourself uh, to, to meet reality is to go beyond your own suffering. 
and, and it's just like it's an invitation to, to live in a different way. If, in my way, in my understanding of Kabbalah, this is, you know, kind of the, the non-dual Kabbalah is the heart of this mysticism. And the way that it's usually perceived is a very dual way. So one of the problems with Kabbalah today is that in most Kabbalists that I know speak Kabbalah that is very dual and very racist mm -hmm. and very chauvinist. And it's based because they don't get the, they're not starting from the hole in the bagel. How is it chosen? Because saying this is the right, right way. Yeah. Jews, non-Jews, yeah, Goyim. Uh, so before everybody goes, I want, I, I, I kind of want, I just want, um, I, w I just want Ohad and, and Dawn to sing the song. Mm -hmm. If they, if they, want, if they are awake enough. Just one sentence. One sentence. Your sentences are beautiful. One sentence. Thank you. Don't be saying the prayer about God forming light and creating darkness, and we're not talking about the sun and, you know, and the lack of sun. But what you say, you know, that yeah. evil things happen. As we say, evil things happen. So we're saying God creates it all. It's all from God. In the original pasuk, in the original verse in the Bible, in the prayer you say, Yetzer or uvorei choshech, right? Oseh shalom uvorei takol. Uh, creating light, forming light, creating darkness, forming light, creating darkness, making peace, making peace, creating and all. creating all. This is uh, a paraphrase of the original one. The original one in the Bible says instead of creating of creating peace and creating peace and uh, and and making all, it says. Making peace and creating evil. So that's the original. That God is creating evil. They didn't want to put it in the in the siddur. Those who created the siddur had their own agenda. Those who created the, the the prayer book, they had they had their own agenda. So where's the original come from? Isaiah. God Thanks, is creating guys. light and creating darkness, creating good and creating evil. <laughs>